It's like a sandwich shaped like a person that you have to like cut out of a fucking body bag. Like uh, the mad scientist dissected an alien kid, only it's like the skin is made out of salami, but mm-hmm. it's stuffed with like brown schweiger and yeah. pepperoni sticks. Hell yeah. Chunks of cheese. I'd eat that for I, a I'm definitely making myself hungry right now, <laughs> even though I'm talking about a weird meat puppet. Come down to the sandwich morgue. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, they they serve like sushi off of naked people. Yeah. I would, I'll just eat. No, they serve sushi off of dead people. Oh yeah, <laughs> out of their mouth. Yeah, it's like a g- game, get- a game of operation. You gotta like fucking get the chopsticks into between the dentures. And- oh, thank God! I was thinking about like you have to like kiss the person to get the sushi <laughs> no, out of their mouth. Not, not try to get you to <laughs> fucking deep throw a piece of sashimi out of corpse's mouth crevice. More like pluck it delicately from their. <laughs> Dipping wasabi in their navel. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business, progress, and the USA. USA. I want your reaction to this. Oh. Uh-oh. Hello, I'm not Johnny K. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, Have you heard I, this Yeah, I heard that. It's funny as fuck. I'm a Barbie girl <laughs> in a Barbie world. Hey, uh, Hank number one sang uh, NWA, so that's pretty good. Nice. Oh, shit, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like hearing Johnny Cash <laughs> telling <laughs> me to undress him everywhere. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. <laughs> I do like Come on, Barbie, let's go party. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my oh, I, I didn't listen far enough to where it got into the fucking Spice Girls. Yeah, dude. Shit. Yeah, they seem like kind of no shit. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> shit. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Cash did make a song about dinosaurs, though. Yeah, and it's, for kids. It's, it's pretty fucking good. inaccurate as shit. Yep. That's that's why I, I thought of you. It's like, oh, Bo's gonna bitch at this. Song. Oh, I was bi- I was working on my dinosaur coloring, but I'm not. Coloring in a coloring book. I'm trying to draw a dinosaur <laughs> coloring book. One. Yeah, he's making one. Sitting at the bar just with the big coloring. old Crayolas, you know, <laughs> one for eating, one for coloring, that kind of... You need but, two uh, for eating, like chopsticks, man. No, and I was sitting there bitching about, like, uh, the difference between a pterodactyl and a fucking Quetzalcoatlus and all that shit. Just kind of half drunk, fucking s- screaming a bunch of Latin words. Retro, retro, retro. I didn't get a harumph out of you. No. Harumph. Oh, I, I, uh, before the live show that day, I... Had the day off, so I went kayaking. Oh, yeah. And then on the way back, <laughs> I got pulled over. Uh-oh. By the coppers. Oh, yeah. In your car or in your kayak? In the kayak. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so were, I'm just... Were you speeding? Well, you yeah. Got a, sir, you got a tail light out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, this like rib boat comes like directly at me. I'm like, fuck you. What the, what the fuck? You know, just idling. Yeah, yeah. But some guy, you know, I was listening to Butthole Surfers. Like the last song on uh, Independent Worm Saloon, where it's just vomiting and, and yeah, somebody yeah. screams, "Scream it up or clean it up, bitch!" Yep. But um, <laughs> so I couldn't hear him, so he's yelling something at me. I'm like, and this, so I turned down. I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And it's like, and then I see 
pull up beside it. It's yeah. a sheriff. It's a Kitsap County. And he's like, hey, you know, just making sure you have a life jacket on. It's like, yeah. And Can you not see me wearing this fucking life jacket? Yeah. I'm in an open top boat, man. Yeah, and they took my name, but they're like, you got a uh, whistle on it, too? And, and I, uh, the last time I went out with you, like three years ago, you oh. put a whistle on it, which I still haven't returned. So it was a good thing that... I still you suppose you yeah, have a whistle, whistle on still, your fucking life vest? Well, if you want any help, if yeah, you fall in. Right, yeah. but is it illegal to not have a whistle on your life vest? It's it's probably one of those things that they were just bored and fucking around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, is that, where the, is that that storm whistle? Like, doesn't have a pee in it? It's kind of weird shaped, black? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if you want it back now, but... I mean, I don't really need it. saved me a, probably a $20 ticket or something. I just, yeah. I, I just carry it in the woods because it's one of those things that you can make really loud if a bear or, or a cougar oh, yeah. approaches. It's a good idea. So you have any idea why I pulled you over? <laughs> Fuck you, sea pig! <laughs> I know. Row, 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 That's exactly row. what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best, best, you know... Two mile an hour chase. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, they're in a fucking zodiac. zodiac so they're just like <laughs> doing circles around you. In <laughs> fact, that, that's away. all they'd probably do is fucking <laughs> dump you. You know, get sure. They'd be like, "Yeah, we're gonna go go to the dock, get and some just, food, and come back and wait for you." Or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> You'll never catch me in my bright orange kayak. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Nah, that's when you just go back out to the island, live amongst your uh, disposed of uh, Jack Pike oh, books yeah, that you left yeah. out. In the, oh, there you go. Tiny library. Oh, wouldn't it be great if they're like, excuse me, sir, are these yours? And just hold up all the Jack Pike books that you left in the library. That's the other thing I was getting arrested for is the Jack Pike books. (laughs) These belong to you, sir? All right, you're coming with us. Never seen them, yeah. (laughs) You look like somebody who would read a Jack Pike. But, yeah. They're they're like, they're really good. Do you have any more? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know. Talk to what uh, Joe, Joseph Meek about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, right. But I didn't go out there this morning. I went out to Bainbridge across the way to Fort Ward, and then I wrote uh, one of Zed's poems from. No, oh, yeah, police academy. Police academy. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. He took a picture of his journal and sent it to us, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, it's Bobcat Goldway's character from Police Academy." Yep. yep. Gene, Gene made a machine. Jojo made it go. I, I blew apart and blew the whole damn thing apart. All the other was like, oh, this is such a beautiful place and crap like that. Yep. My wife and I call it the Kissing Beach. Yep. Fucking weirdos. I don't need to hear that. <laughs> nope. Really? My wife eight? and I call this the hand job hand bench. Hand job. Yeah. Pay, yeah. No, it's just like a eight-year-old's fucking rule-making, right? Like, little kids like, love to make rules. They're like, okay, there's only kissing on this beach. Fucking fascists. Right? Fascist eight-year-olds. Oh, my God. Uh, Greener Grass. Have you seen this movie? No. I bought a movie called Greener Grass. It is one of the weirdest fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. It's about a bunch of people that live in a cul-de-sac, and I, I don't even know how to explain <laughs> this film. It is so fucking weird. It's so fucking weird. And I got kind of towards the end of it, and I was like... Okay, I think this movie was made with child logic, or a child wrote it. One of the two. Okay. It opens with like they're at a foot, they're at a soccer game, and it's a bunch of parents watching the kids play soccer, and the the lady's got a brand new baby, and she's like, and the lady next to her is like, oh, what a cute baby, you're so lucky, and she's like, oh, thank you, and then she's like, man, I really, I just, I wish I could have a baby, but I can't. I'm just, I'm really happy for you, and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, would you like to hold my baby? And she's like, yeah, sure, hands her baby off. And then she's like, oh, my God, this baby's so adorable. And then she's like, I, oh God, if I had a kid like this, I would take such good care of it. And she's like, well, I guess 
I mean, I guess you can just have her. And so she just like, <laughs> gives her baby to this lady. And then the rest of the movies, everybody's like, she's the one that gave away her baby to that other oh, lady that see, moved into town. It's fucking it's, insane. It's still far better than I, I thought you were going to go with since they were at a soccer match. I thought she was going to like drop kick it into, into, <laughs> oh, no, play, into play. Like It's like if a, if a fucking third grader made a psychological horror movie. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I need so that. Insane. Okay, what, what? How did you find that? Uh, my uh, one of the people I work with, Lindsay. We were talking about movies, and she just kind of was like, "Oh, you like weird shit? You think? Yeah, Check this movie think. out." <laughs> All right, big shoots. Let's see how you uh, do psychologically handling and oh, digesting I this. I texted her like nine times during that movie. It was just like, "What did you do to Who me? Who are you? What the fuck are you yeah. doing?" I'm blocking your number. <laughs> Speaking of psychological trauma, you still have to watch Paul T. Goldman. What? Oh. It's it's on Peacocks. So, but it, it's it rides line like this. It's cross between Neil Breen and the uh, somebody feed Phil literally, Rosenthal guy. Literally just watching Neil Breen before I came here today. Yep. It, but uh, it's 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 weird just to set it up. This guy keeps harassing directors to make his life story, which. Psst, totally made up well, imagine which that. is part of the story too but okay yeah but it's 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 weird and then they finally kind of catch him in the lie at the end and and weirdly the the director is kind of like still friends with him and oh, it's like okay. yeah, i, I kind of have to take care of this guy because nobody else will <laughs> what <laughs> palty gold man oh, okay nope i'm just watching uh the new the new justified that's coming out that's pretty fun pretty predictable but i don't know it's pretty fun and then uh, the new What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit's great. I just started Righteous Gemstones for the first time. Need to get oh, around on yeah. that again, too. Yeah. Holy shit. Some good, yeah. good stuff. Speaking of Kenny Powers. All right, well, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. It's a weird day. We're recording way later than we're supposed to be. P.M. It's nighttime, baby. Yeah. Baywatch. Jer- jerky snacks, after vodka, dark. and white claw time. So uh, we'll see how this this one goes. Uh, <laughs> I'll tr- I'll figure it out. Well, my thing is, I, I I I partially like read the source material, and then I started reading. Actually, I, I, I transitioned over into Wildcat, the uh, the Pearl Hart one, mid range through there. Or oh, actually, first it was Ronald McDonald, then it was Wildcat, and oh. I never did quite get back to. As long as you one. read half the, half yeah. the stuff, that's yeah, all well. You now it's been a while, so I don't fucking rem- I remember. <laughs> Remember something about Ned Buntline having to jump out a window? Yep. We're going to get to that. Uh, First off. Yeah. The Buntline special guy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the, the gun that pretty much didn't Didn't probably actually exist. Didn't exist at all. No. (laughs) Until... The gun that famously didn't exist (laughs) until 1989's Batman? Yep. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess... I don't know. How do I preface this one for Tony? Like, what do you know about... Well, the the, t- the title of the book was Hornswogglers. One of my favorite words, honestly. Four yep. flushers, which is my favorite. Four what? Four flushers. Like F-O-R-E? Yeah, so it takes four times to flush a turd. F-O-U-R? Yep. And snake oil salesmen's. Oh, fucking uh, current day politicians. Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty much. Except but for no. four flushers is supposed to be like poker and you know, you're supposed to have five for a flush. But Okay, Takashi, what do you got? Well, I think I have a flush. What the fuck is a frush? 
These guys are lying and four, say they have four flushers. Is actually more of those environment like uh, you know how Donald Trump bitches about how his like famously gigantic turds don't go down in oh. the environmentally <laughs> water saving toilets. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, yeah. That was his uh, windmills kill birds. Yeah, too, yeah. I don't know what the problem is, Doc. All I eat is my hands are so big. You know, so well, my turds. Well, if all you eat is Big Macs, yeah, <laughs> Diet Coke. Entomology unknown. Eighteen twenty nine. U.S. Jocular coinage, like contemporary. What the fuck? Jocular. Like, uh, yo, dude. Bro. I'm looking. I'm looking up the entomology of um, hornswaggle. Or swaggle, swaggle, presumably horns plus woggle with humorous faux ablot or combination with wobble. It's too bad that I need definitions for half the words you're using to define horn swaggle. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you probably walked bow legged because a, a bull. Well, I mean, fucking horn swaggle. Horn swaggle is definitely one of those words that just kind of sounds like what it is. You know, I don't know why. It actually also sounds like something that might like. An apex predator that feeds on Jabberwockies or some shit. Uh, inspired by lassoed steers trying to escape by moving their head. Oh. Yeah. I mean. Like horns. I guess that. Uh, how else is a steer going to escape? Like use its hands to pull the rope off? Like it's yeah. kind of the only option they have. That's why you have to bite them in the, in in the, the mouth. Yep. Like uh, fucking uh, Bill Pickett. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bite them. Uh, bulldogging. Give them the kiss of death. Fucking with tongue. So um, we, yeah, so we use this book, but we already did episodes on Soapy, Soapy Smith. Smith, Al Swearingen. As did uh, uh, Soapy Smith has also been covered by our buddies, the History Boys. Yeah, and they also did uh, Starvation Heights, which, which we never got to, but yeah. it's it's my neighborhood anyway. Henry Plummer, too. Well, and yeah. uh, we do mention Bonfee and Tamman at the Denver Post for uh, oh yeah for a lot of their but fuckery. Yeah. They but, did a bunch of dumb shit. Is that, that like the plug hat guy shooting the guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Plug hat. But you first. fucking grocerly plug hat. <laughs> <laughs> we got to start off with Ned Buntline. So we'll let Will kick it off the comments. Oh, end. sorry. And the NPR beard. Glasses, <laughs> headphones, hat, shirt, body I'm, hair. I'm Ira Glasses Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured I, I think have. Will sounds like Ira Glasses farts. Yeah. Oh, it's all vegetables. That's probably. Oh, goddamn NPR. Oh, it's just bizarro hourglass. I, I figured uh, this morning I had uh, General Crook's beard. Oh, you figured? I thought you said you fingered, and I was like, yeah. don't. Yeah. No, I don't care what you fingered, man. <laughs> but if I comb my hair nicely and, and put it in a braids, I'd look like Standing Bear. Ooh. Oh. Stand, I'm, I'm, I'm standing, good, standing Beard? Yep. I'm He's good, a person, good, you know. Good combo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly I don't. Did we ever figure out, like... I always assumed like you might have some Native American in you, but I think you said no, huh? Mm, probably not. Oh. It's mostly bull honk. Well, I thought Honkies. you were like a Frenchie, so yeah, a little, little. See, probably. Yeah. But uh, in you North, know, my... in North Dakota, if you're a Frenchie, there's probably a little bit of Native in you. Yeah. Oh, right, because of the the Matisse and all that. Yeah. And, well, actually, my Frenchies Frenchies were from Chicago. The Trappists, like the monks that make beer. No. Yep. But uh, I always forget that uh, you know my. Mom's grandpa, he was one of those guys that ran away at age 13 okay. and, and did all like Wyoming and stuff and cowboying stuff right. like that too. Broke so. back, broke back mountaining. Yep. Oh, and all the other uh, bull honks came over thanks to Henry Villard. If we ever oh, get yeah, to, Villard. yeah, Villard. if we ever get to talking about why Tacoma is, that'll be coming up in that. <laughs> why why it Tacoma is? is? Yep. Because 
God hates us and wants us to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we did one. We're eventually going to branch into towns, of course. Yeah. Well, we, in, we've in, done why why Idaho is and, well, and Villard Villard is the main street in Dickinson, North yeah. Dakota. Yep, better stolen Villard. Drink your weird liquid. Tannins called water, man. Yeah, but the brown Nalgene makes it look like he's just gutting maple syrup or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so Ned Butline's real name was Edward Zane Carroll Judson. Yeah, that one rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. But Ned Butline for short. But maybe he's the most to blame for all these dime novel views of the West that you know Bonanza and all this other bullshit yeah. is based off of. But we'll pick up his story with him escaping an angry crowd. Yep. Hanging from an awning and then falling three stories. Yep. <laughs> he was kind of a portly guy too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. It's a fucking Spielberg movie. Well, they were going to try to start with him hanging were, from a fucking. Cliff. They were trying to get him in his hotel room, and he, you know, he couldn't go out in the hallway, so he tried to fucking. You know, uh, Assassin's Creed is ass, fat ass out of the... <laughs> so the law made its way through the crowd and took him to jail. This was in Nashville in 1846, and he was promoting his magazine called Ned Buntline's Own, <laughs> just like Oprah. Yep. Or like Newman's Own. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Seinfeld. Let me ask you something. What, what do you do for a living, Newman? I'm a United States postal worker. <laughs> Aren't those the guys that always go crazy and come back with a gun and shoot everybody? Sometimes. Why is that? Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more and you've got to get it out. But the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. And then the barcode reader breaks and it's published. It's clearing out. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Ned was married, and he was flirty with Mrs. Robert Porterfield, oh, who was also married to probably Mr. Porterfield. Who sound like her an- name was Robert? Yep, okay. Mrs. Robert. Mrs. Robert. Well, they also sound like animated, you know, anthropomorphic pig people. Oh yeah, we're, I'm the, we're the Porterfields. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Porterfield caught him flirty, flirting, like flirting, like full penetration flirting, or mm-hmm. like. Well, and he takes. What's the, what's the line from the last Boy Scout? I'm it's tripped. not what it looks like, man. It's like it was an accident, right? You tripped, slipped on the floor, and accidentally stuck your dick in my wife. So Mr. Porterfield takes a shot at Squealing Ned. <laughs> Everybody's Ned anthropomorphic Beatty. pigs. I, I, it's like a Don Bluth animation. Squeal with- <laughs> like a pig. He missed. Uh, Ned returned the shot. Here, like, here, 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 here you go, go man. Mm-hmm. He's back. You missed. Try it again. He was a self-proclaimed expert marksman. And hit Porterfield just above the left eye. Oh, but it didn't kill him though, because you know, God damn it, it's dude. 1846. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Man at, was meant to suffer. Uh, at the hearing the next day, Ned claimed self-defense, which, which I mean, reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but this didn't go over well with Porterfield's brother and his friends, who opened fire at Buntline in the courtroom. No oh, fuck, fuck. I object. Jesus oh that, right, they didn't have uh, metal that, detectors yet. Well, they also didn't have that. What, who's the fucking lawyer that's constantly waving pistols around that we haven't quite talked about yet? Oh. uh... Houston, Houston it wasn't Houston's son, yeah. yeah. So uh, Ned fleds. Ned's dead. <laughs> Ned's no, Ned's not dead. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the hotel across the street, and the mob follows. They throw rocks and bullets. Probably it'd be work better if he shoot, shoot me- the bullet out of the gun. Mechanical advantage. Nah, yeah. you barely, it's barely a... What year was this again? 1846. Oh, oh yeah. well, so, so they didn't... Shooting it out of a gun is barely better than throwing yeah. it. Well, also, you're literally... It's, that would be more still ball style, so you're kind of just hucking, like... It's like hucking, hucking marble, BBs marbles at him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would hurt. That would sting. That would still suck, yeah. But he does get hit uh, with a rock pretty good in the chest, though. 
So that's uh, when he got to the awning and fell off and then taken to jail. So, Yeah. Uh, I think he was kind of trying to do the, like, oh, I'm going to jump on this awning and it'll cushion my... <laughs> nope. That guy watched too many movies now. Not with his fat ass. Yeah. So the mob, uh, you know, quiets down, goes home for a while, but then they come back angrier, probably after... Drinking. Drinking. Because Mr. Porterfield had died in the interim. Oh, shit. So the mob, uh, the mob drug him to the town square and strung him up. They did the drop, but the rope broke because he was kind of portly. Uh, his friend smuggled him away. I, how? Yeah, I, I, I was unclear about how, what kind of David Copperfield bullshit they did. Like, oh, the rope broke, and while they're all sitting there scratching their heads, examining the you know broken rope, his friends just threw a towel over him and hustled him out of there. Ninja or, smoke, right? Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, mm-hmm. where they like shoot the arrow. And it like oh. takes out, yeah, takes out the rope. Or good, the bad, and the ugly. Or mm-hmm. that's easy to do. Still, like, how do you sneak a fat guy out in a crowd of people? I guess is my point. Ooh, that sounds like song lyrics. You dress him up like a pig. How that do you was, sneak he, a fat guy out with oh, a there. big crowd? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he does appear in court the next day, <laughs> but the judge let him go. You've had enough. Probably problems. he didn't want any more shooting in the courtroom. Yeah. And uh, he kind of hoped that maybe the mob would do their job this time. Uh, the next day, he wrote a letter to the local paper and he kind of plays it up. He was totally beat up, even though he did get hit with a rock, but he was, yeah, he's playing it up. He mostly this is still Ed Buntline. Yes, Ned Buntline. Or yes. Ned Buntline. Yep. Okay. So he claims the rope was cut by a friend, but all this doesn't stop him from fucking everybody over the next. 50 years, and he goes on to be one of the highest paid authors of the time yeah. by just making shit up. Making shit up. Yep. Wow. Uh, so Ned was born on March 20th, 1821. Uh, uh, 1834, his lawyer dad said he must be a lawyer. The 13-year-old Ned said no. Oh, his lawyer dad. Okay. Yep. His lawyer's name isn't dad. His dad's <laughs> his a lawyer. lawyer yep. dad. His Daddy lawyer's Jim. dad said he also had to be a lawyer. Hello, hello uh, Dad Fatherington. <laughs> <laughs> Attorney at law. Join me in the attorney at law gang. So, you know, if you're a lawyer, you probably settle things with words. No, they just fought. Weighing in at 250 pounds, the greatest lawyer to ever strike the stage, Dad. So Ned runs away to see. Paddles away. Yep. Uh, after flipping off the cops and... <laughs> Another one of these youngsters that, oh, I... I hate you, Mom, Dad. This sucks. And goes and gets on, like, a floating hellhole with mm-hmm. nothing but vomit, sodomy, and fucking... Well, yeah, that's ash. what... Uh, uh, and, yeah, uh, if you're a 13-year-old cabin, cabin boy, you're probably getting rooted every once in a while. No, you're a pincushion for sure. Mm-hmm. The next year, he dove into the East River uh, in New York to save a man. And, of course, he would brag about that to, for the rest of his life. It's like, that river is so polluted. <laughs> probably not back in 1830. Well, oh, probably full of human dude, yeah. dude, dude. But the the mob corpses would be about equal. Right. Yeah. You could walk across that river on the amount of turds it was fucking <laughs> carrying. Probably. Mm. Uh, he did go to sea, and he did serve in the Seminole War, but never saw combat. He served in the Civil War, but he got the rank of Sarge and was kicked out for drunkenness, which is probably pretty hard to do in the 1860s. Yeah, I was gonna say, wow. Yeah, because everybody's kind of drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to be really fucked up. Uh, 1838, he writes his first story for the Knickerbocker Magazine, mm, which is about a shitty basketball team. And 1844, he used the name Ned Buntline, because Buntline was a rope that was used to attach the lower edge to a big square sail. Right. Cool. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. nautical. And New York, he wrote a serialized story, which was called The Mysteries and Miseries of New York. Which so he's a, just shitting on New York? Mm-hmm. It was about the Bowery. Uh, he did speak out on injustices. 
but mostly it was just to get himself promoted and hey, attention. How and about stuff. them Irish? Aren't they bastards? Mm-hmm. And then he would preach against the evils of liquor and then invite everybody to the saloon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Liquor's evil to get you fired from your job. Let me take care of that liquor for you. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll drink it. Yep. Uh, so you would tour frequently, but that was mostly to stay ahead of people looking for money and creditors and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Going on tour. Yep. Well, for cigarettes. 1845, he skips New York, goes to Cincinnati, and he racks up his debts there and then skips town again to Kentucky. He claims just as he needed money, he captured some murderers and got the reward for it. Like fucking Batman? Mm-hmm. This town needs an enema. But instead of paying off his debts, he just leaves town again. And that's where, when he goes to Nashville to start his own magazine and gets in trouble there, too. Uh, of course, that bride we were talking about was a teenager, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, after that, he goes back to New York City, and uh, this time he gets his uh, the magazine actually sticks, and he starts publishing it and gets famous as a writer. Yeah, so that's where the New York fucking Post came from? Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you get into politics after that. Got to. And he gets into nativism. America for Americans. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the whole ass gangs of New York shit. And know-nothings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, in 1849, he helps instigate and took part of the Astor Place riot. So. Which was 25 dead and 120 injured. God damn. Uh, Ned was thrown in that jail was all for the people in the United States at that point. Yep. Yep. The dollop actually did one about this. Remember it? It was two actors and people took sides because one was American and one was English. And there was a feud about who would do Shakespeare better. Okay. But it was, you know, all this racism about... Americans and recently arrived. Oh, you colonials and Mm -hmm. took sides on who would do Shakespeare better. Yep. And how many people died? Uh, 25. (laughs) What the fuck? Damn, dude. Uh, Buntline was also in St. Louis later when another nativist ride occurred. He was probably, you know, stoking those fires too. And maybe he was in Maine at the same time when a Swiss priest was tarred and feathered. A Swiss priest? Because he helped Irish people. Yeah, we need to we need to fucking abolish like metal music, punk rock, uh, violent video games, and you know fucking movies that show tits. Right, yeah, yeah. But this, but this shit is fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Your Shakespeare. That's where. That's what's that's causing the violence. <laughs> uh, the one thing most associated with him was that Buntline special, which never existed at least when he was alive. The yeah, when he yeah. said he was giving it out to all these famous. Oh lawmen. yeah, they absolutely exist now. You can mm-hmm. buy them. Who who made that? Cold. Cold. Oh, cold? Yeah. Okay. It's supposed yeah, to be a forty-five. It's just a, a uh, it's a cold piece maker with a long barrel. Got it. Twelve inches. That, I mean, that so, sounds like something that yeah, well, standard. I think standard on those are like what seven, seven and a half. Yeah. That sounds like something that a liar with no idea about guns and manufacturing would make up. Well, ostensibly. Yeah, yeah. I want that cool gun, but I want a really long barrel. We'd write about. Ostensibly, it was meant so if you were like you say a white because it claimed to given one to Wyatt Earp, which there's in Tombstone he does have one, which I don't think right. he actually did. But like, uh, or I think. Tombstone. Either which way, it was meant. Long barrel was mostly for whacking people, buffaloing people. Was right. the idea. But I mean, I mean, a seven-inch barrel is perfectly adequate for that too, because that fucking pistol weighs like three pounds. You know. Right. Yeah. So. I'm just saying. It's, it sounds like I don't. I don't know shit about guns except for what I've learned from you or being on the show. But it sounds like if I was going to make a cool, quote unquote, cool cowboy gun, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, make the barrel like fucking super long so it's badass looking, yeah, like shoot I, around I'm not, corners, yeah, totally. I'm not thinking. Oh yeah, because you can, you have more time to 
swing your hand so you can curve bullets around right. corners and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it just sounds like that well, kind of logic. You're running into the same problem that they had with the Walker Colts, where like you you, you basically if you had your Walker Colts, you had uh, saddle holsters because you're not wanting to strap those down to your pants that have no belt loops, right? And shit like that, and you got like a six pound fucking pistol like pulling your drawers down. The whole For time, sure. So. And at a certain point, you're just wearing like a fucking like silk sash around your waist. Yeah, which that you're tucking shit into. That's uh, Hickok kind of ordeal. Mm-hmm. But in Nebraska, Buntline goes looking for a man to make him famous. Or <laughs> you, man. I'll, I'll make you famous so we found Emilio Estevez playing yep. William Bonney. Uh, or a porn director that's going to cast him as oh, fucking... Like, or uh, uh, fucking somebody who needs some graphic design. Oh, it's good for your portfolio. I'm going to make you famous. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Gives you good exposure. Or a show promoter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we're not going to pay you, but mm-hmm. you get a couple free beers. And you get all good the exposure. exposure you want. Mm-hmm. Fucking exposure. <laughs> Funny exposure on fucking drop trowel on a fucking street corner. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so Ned finds him playing cards, and he yells out, There's the man I'm looking for. Uno. And it was Wild Bill. Oh, God. And he was used to people trying to test him and get into yeah. gunfights. Yeah, so, so he automatically draws on him, shoots him squarely just, between the just eyes. Drops well, he should have shot him, but he does draw his pistol and say, "You get twenty-four hours to leave town, or I'll shoot you dead." Oh, so pretty, Ned, pretty. nice to meet you too. So, <laughs> yeah, pleasure. So, so Ned leaves and just decides to talk to people who knew Wild Bill. Yeah, that's probably a better idea than get his story that way. Come screaming into the room, is like, "You're the fucker I've been looking for." Like, also uh, at this time, Ned is calling himself a colonel, which is always nope. made up. Shit. Uh, even though he did make it to sergeant before he got kicked out yeah, for drinking. Yeah, but still an enlisted man rank, not a, mm-hmm. no, it's an not, officer. Shit, I've learned from this pocket. I don't think that colonel is real. I think it's just people call that call themselves well, that when, you're when they feel colonel, like Colonel, like when you're like, what, Colonel Custer, then you just get to be a brevet general instead. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I have one guy who actually was a colonel that I'm researching right now, one local guy. He called himself Major because anybody called himself Colonel was just made up. So, no. right. yeah. yeah, true. I am Colonel Truth. Meanwhile, Majors do the more fucking of your troops than anybody else in the Army. They're that, they're that one rank that they've got just enough power to really fuck you up, oh, but yeah. just little enough responsibility to be bored so they find out ways to fuck you up. So at this time, Ned was making $20,000 a year writing dime novels, which is pretty good. Yeah. That's 200,000 dimes. 200,000 dimes? Mm-hmm. If you convert dimes to whatever. <laughs> How he many was, haypennies is that? Because he was the Joe Meek, or the Robert Randisi of the time. Yes. Because he claimed to have written a 610-page novel in 62 hours. What? He's just doing cocaine and just, yeah. just or whatever the equivalent of... Licks, licks a toad, goes into a fugue state, and mm-hmm. fucking writes War and Peace. <laughs> But he's like writing it by hand, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there ain't no typewriter. I mean, there's typewriters, but you're not going to blast that fast on a typewriter back then. Gets, you know, hang, it's just in- unintelligible scribbles. Yeah. But he'll, he'll, oh, let me read it to you. I, my, you know, I was getting tired of my handwriting and just starts making shit up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, I can read my handwriting, but no one else can. Anyways, a guy woke up yeah. and then he found a thing. On and the then the lady, and then the, and then the lady gave the other mind. lady the baby. And then, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, since uh, he can't talk to Wild Bill because he'll shoot him, he goes to tracks and talks with Buffalo Bill. Oh, he's you know. a little more affable. Yep. So I'm he, looking for a bill from the Wild West. <laughs> yep. So, uh, he, he realized he can pump Cody for stories, and Ned claimed that he gave- Cody makes up a lot of shit, yep. too, so- uh, Ned claims he gave uh, Buffalo uh, Bill his name. Didn't Bill Cody also like call himself a colonel? Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he Well- 
He was a, briefly a scout. He was so. a scout, yeah, yeah, which was generally enlisted men or civilians, actually, in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. So that was that's probably why Buffalo Bill gets into his showbiz career, too. Or they... They would fucking pick up, like, just native kids and make them scouts, right? Well, a lot of times they'd actually be in the Army. Well, just like the the uh, Apache scouts that helped hunt down Geronimo and then right. got sent to Florida on the same train as Geronimo. Yeah. Yep. Well, or, that's like, like, you know, Mitch Boyer and, like, Bloody Knife and all those guys that mm-hmm. with Custer. You know, they were Crow. Most of them were Crow. And, but they were technically Army guys. That's why they got pissed off when... Uh, the scouts found the big Sioux encampment at Little Bighorn, and yeah. they started like changing into their native gear because they're like, "Well, we're gonna die, so right, I, right. I want to die in my native garb as a warrior, not like a totally. fucking blue coat, you know." Yeah, yeah. And so that that was the guys that they told them, "Oh, you, you're being uh, really bringing us down here. You're being fatalistic. Get the fuck yeah. out of here." You're, and being, so, and you're so, being dramatic, <laughs> and so and so, so then they survived the uh, they you know survived to tell the tale, which I can't remember who was at. Like that was uh, fucking. Bear something guy. I don't know. The, the guys that, uh, they were Crow. And what was that? What was the Crow War leader guy whose grandson ended up being the last Crow War chief because he, like, captured a bunch of horses and killed a bunch of Nazis and shit in World War II? But it was all up to the standard of, like, the tasks you need to do to become a Crow War Chief in the olden times. Oh, shit. This guy ended up doing them in World War Two. Holy Whoa. fuck. And wasn't necessarily even trying to, but then when he got back to, like, Montana or whatever and was telling the old folks about it, they like, oh, fuck. I mean, sounds like you're a War Chief now. You did this. You captured horses. You counted coup on an enemy. You disarmed an enemy. You did all this wild shit. The name of the man that Bo is talking about is... Joe Medicine Crow. But his his grandpa was one of the guys that they were like, get the fuck out of here, you guys are bumming us out. So they survived. And no they were way. they were the guys that were able to kind of help piece together what actually happened at Little Bighorn because they were kind of watching it from afar. Or right. Can't remember what the guy's name is. I will say this. They do a, they do a uh, show on uh, the podcast, uh, Lions Led by Donkeys, does a good uh, breakdown of that story, and it's fucking wild. But there we go. All right, we got to do that too. Anyway, uh, so that was. Uh, oh, also, uh, Crook was one of the first generals to figure out. Is like, why don't we use your own people to to find your, your own, own people? people. Your, yeah. Anyway, uh, December eighteen sixty nine, Ned came out with a serialized version of the novel called Buffalo Bill, King of the Border Men. Okay. It was a hit, and somebody turned it into a play. But then Ned thinks he can write a play. Oh God! So he uh, wrote uh, writes. Scouts of the Prairie in four hours. Scouts of the Prairie in four Also... And that's a that's a uh, uh, stage play? Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say, that sounds like a really ambitious, like, you know, oh, we're going to do... And on this time frame, like, there wasn't even a hell of a lot of, like, prop work and stuff like that. You were kind of like... A play was just kind of you dressed as, like, Caesar or something, like, pontificating about something, and then maybe something happens. Right. So, if we're scouting the plains, but it's a stage set up in the 1800s. Cut out some cactuses out of the wood? You're yeah, like, yeah. A, a, a <laughs> 10-year-old dress, or, you know, two 10-year-olds in a buffalo costume, one's the ass, one's the head. And, mm-hmm. Okay. So, Ned writes himself into the play, too, of course. Of course. And the paper called it so wonderfully bad, it was almost good. Cool, so it was Neil Breen. Oh, yep. shit, yeah, dude. <laughs> I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? A mushroom. But it was popular. Good, bad, or bad. <laughs> but it was popular with crowds. 
And uh, what, crowds are idiots, and fucking people have no taste. Uh, same with some ladies right here, too, dude. because you know Ned would get the ladies, even though he's kind of portly and kind of. Didn't matter. That just meant you were successful in those days. And he had bushy red hair and bushy mm. red mustache mm. and a pocked face, and he all walked right. oddly, even more so because he was drunk all the time, and he suffered. So basically, from, just picturing W. C. Fields with like a big red mustache <laughs> and like crazy red hair. I was, I was thinking uh, Ronald McDonald with the penguin. But yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah, yeah mashed together. And, and plus, when he fell off the awning, he had a, a bad uh, leg injury, too. Oh, yeah. that's why he limps a Should have used his umbrella to break his fall like yeah. a penguin. Oh, yeah. But he was charming, like most con people, and well-liked, even though people, you know, even to the people he owed money to. He was married six times, had six kids. Good for him, dude. Yeah. And he was accused at least once of bigamy. Uh, but over the years, he couldn't even keep track of his own lies, or at least what he did in the army. He claimed to have 20 wounds from battle. Fuck you. And been savaged by Apaches, but he got, he was never he got anywhere hit by near, a rock. He was never anywhere near any Apaches, I'm going to mm-hmm. assume. And yeah. of course, he would uh, also say he was chief of scouts, too. Oh, of course, army. chief. I'm just, my fat ass, just scouting shit with my neon glowing orange hair and... Uh, he retired to his home in Stamford, New York in 1886, and he died there. He was either 63 or 64. Nobody can remember because there's so many lies. It really doesn't matter. And uh, his last wife had to pay uh, or sell off the eagle's nest just to pay off all his debts. The eagle's nest? Mm-hmm. What's that? Hitler's his, his fucking house. vacation home? Yep. <laughs> he once shot a man's dog because he opposed hunting with dogs. What? <laughs> <laughs> What? Well, it's not it's fair un- for the bear. Un- yeah, it's unfair to use the dogs to hunt. It wasn't like, oh, it's cruel. It's just, no, it kind of was it's cruel, but it's more like it's cheating. You're being a pussy. Mm-hmm. So let me like take off your training wheels here and shoot your dog. You could just tie the dog to the fucking carriage. You could and just, just walk mind away. your own fucking business. Yeah, too. exactly. Like, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options for that shit. Oh, my God. Of course, he preached uh, about the evils of liquor, but of course, invited just all the crowds you know, to the bar after. And he railed against prostitution, but of course you know what he did there. Well, it doesn't sound like he was paying for an awful lot of it. He was just kind of drawing him in with his natural rapier wit and Rape, rapist wit. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. So that's Ned, and we have him to thank for all this bullshit Old West like, stuff. Yeah. Oh, all the shitty novels that are like, mm-hmm. like ro- basically light. the beginning of romancing or romanticizing the. Wild West. Yeah. 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 Which even, is what we're kind of trying before, to rail against. <laughs> even before it's all done, too. God, yeah, if there's, God, if there's one thing I think we've achieved is that our, our Wild West is not very romantic. It's a lot, <laughs> of, the of, lot of dripping buttholes and yeah, <laughs> totally. war crimes. And drool. And drool. Uh, so that's enough of Ned, but have you heard of the Great Diamond Hoax of 1872? I think I have. Is that what the mounds? Uh, or, is that first name Diamond, like, last name Hoax? Yep. So I'm naming my next kid that I'm never going to have. King Diamond Hoax? King Diamond Hoax. So that was Philip Arnold and John Slack, who were cousins from Kentucky. Which They could have been uh, kissing cousins or fucking cousins if it's Kentucky. That's up to them. Yep. They go west. Wait, John's lack of what? Slack. 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 John. the guy that invented the uh, the, uh, communications uh, software. (laughs) So they go west with the gold rush in 1849, but they didn't make it big. They managed to uh, fool some of the best and brightest of the country, captains of industry, mm. finance, and politicians like and lawyers. fucking Astor and like guys yep. like that. Horace Greeley, Charles Tiffany. Oh, wow. 
And Baron Von Rothschild. Swinging for the fences. Oh, fucking globalist, yeah. And uh, basically, Philip and Arnold uh, start working for the, a diamond drill company in San Francisco, and they get this idea. So the idea of salting a claim was nothing new. No. You know what a salting claim is? Yeah, my favorite is when you do it with gold, like one of the best techniques I've ever heard for it. You know, you want gold to be embedded in the mine, you know, in the wall of the mine, like it's naturally there. Yeah. And a good way to do that is take shotgun shell and fill it with fucking gold dust and little oh, spice and just into blast it into the wall. And then you'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to buy this claim? Yeah, I mean, anybody worth their salt could be like, they could tell it's a goddamn shotgun blast pattern. <laughs> right. But for a tenderfoot. Fucking, totally, all these fucking you know, noobs yeah. are like, I'm going to strike a rich. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can throw in some diamonds, but why not throw in some garnets, sapphires, Just a mixed, mixed bag of, like, trail yep. mixed fucking gems. Anything you get from One-Eyed Willie, you yeah, just, just dump any, in the ground. <laughs> any kind of clear, shiny rock that I, I still just love, like, humans are supposed to. It's pretty, so it's worth a lot of money. Right, right. Fucking rock, dude. Yeah. <laughs> fucking rock. Yep. So they go to William Ralston, who hit it big in the Comstock load. And then made the cereals. Mm-hmm. He also starts the Bank of San Francisco. He was called the man who built San Fran. After which fire? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it keeps burning down. <laughs> Still is. So uh, these two cousins, Philip and John, go and see him after he's closed. Kind of be all sneaky and look like they just blew in from out of town. And showed them their sacks. <laughs> Behold the bat wing. That was my favorite trick at, at parties. Is uh, show people your sack. There's, would, there's gum here. Yeah, yeah. I'd pull my sack out of my fucking zipper and just be like, "Oh my god, I sat uh, somebody's bubble gum." Just like, what? Ah, ju- oh, fuck. Just rewatched uh, Waiting the other day. There's plenty of. Oh yeah, sack the, the, yeah. The bat wing was fucking big with deal. Uh, when the goat and then uh, Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds basically being a pederast. Although he stops like he, he stops short of actually being a pederast. Yeah. Well, it's his character arc, man. Deadpool, man. Uh, arc. That and uh, yeah, one of our, one of our. I think he was a specialist. He was the guidon bearer for for my unit up in Snohomish. You know, the, the what guidon? Like your uh, the little flag with the unit number on it. Oh, that okay. we still have in the modern art, like. You know, what you used to see a guy on it's a, a horse with. a 13-year-old dressed in a fucking Boy Scout it's outfit? basically a spear with like a pointy flag on it, cool. yeah. But uh, yeah, Ramsey, he'd, uh, all the unit pictures, you know, he's standing out in the front, you know, parade rest with the thing. He'd always have his dick hanging out. <laughs> but, it's, but it's like... Uh, you have know, a flag the, hanging oh, off it? No, but there's like a hundred of us, and you're wearing woodland camel BDUs, yeah. and he's an African-American gentleman. So it kind of, you have to really be looking for it. But we, we were going through like old unit pictures. He'd done, he had done this at least like five times. Like, and they're like, the pictures are still hanging. They're hanging up in the office you, you and said, shit. You said you're going through old unit pictures? Oh, yeah. In more than one way. Some are more unit pictures than others. Yeah. Well, any of the ones with fucking Ramsey in them were. Fucking... Fuck yeah. So speaking of big units, they pull out their sack full of uncut diamonds. Randy Johnson's here. Uncircum- yep. Uncircumcised diamonds. Yep, and there's no diamonds in North America, at least at the time, because you know, now there's one well, way they up. they hadn't migrated here yet? Arctic Circle in Canada that you can go mine if you want. Really? And, I, I guess I didn't realize that. And actually, there's a state park in Arkansas, but they're really not great. And you know, you Yeah, and there's industrial-grade diamonds, not mm-hmm. like... Oh, I never even thought about that, I guess. Yeah, they're all Car- like... Carbon? Well, I'm just, just literally like, made out of one of the most common fucking. Well, I'm just elements. saying, like, like uh, all the diamond mines and jewel mines and shit are in fucking Africa. Mm, yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, like most of them. I just didn't. Yeah. So uh, of course we're all going to ask them, "Where's your mine?" And they're pretty dodgy. He's like, eh, "Maybe Arizona. We haven't decided yet." He started singing. <laughs> we haven't decided yet. Where is my mine? Yeah. Yep. 
and they're dog tired, so we're going to leave these diamonds with you, but we're going to go yep. to bed. And they swear them to secrecy. Yep. Don't so tell anybody now. Ralston kept his mouth shut for how long? 45 seconds. Yep. <laughs> he cabled his pal Asbury <laughs> heart pending. Heart pending? In London. Loading. Is that like Emotions a lem- loading. Lemony schnicket. Mm-hmm. Asbury heart pending? <laughs> he told Let's him, go to the baby book. <laughs> he told him, somewhere in the American West, there's a vast field of diamonds worth $50 million. Somewhere. And he asked Harpending to come over and help manage it. He said, no. This Does sounds this like sounds bullshit. Bullshit, yep. But Ralston begs him, so finally he comes over to, to help. Uh, before he got there, Arnold and Slack dropped in on Ralston again. He tries to get him to give up where the diamonds were, and they said, no. Then he offered money to help. Uh, how about $100,000 for a minimal slice of the venture? Oh, my God. Uh, Slack said they needed the money right now to do what? Probably. Yo, get get all your diamonding equipment. Yep. Got to get that forked stick that shows you where the diamonds mm-hmm. are and yep. the special diamond viewing glasses. And uh, <laughs> So Ralston accepts to give him uh, 100000 or Holy okay. fuck. But he, but he said he need to see the, the field, and they accept. Uh, they said Ralston's men would need to be blindfolded for most of the trip. Of course. And they need to be a Barakasim and drug yeah. him. <laughs> put, a, put some sleeping pills in his yep. cheeseburger. <laughs> But I pity the fool. So the men came back with pockets full of diamonds and rubies and all sorts of junk. Some of them already have like pins to affix them onto the, you know, they're already there's it's already b- made into and shit, yeah. rings and fucking <laughs> yeah. pearl necklaces and shit. Uh, that- <laughs> fucking <laughs> dug these pearls out of the crap. <laughs> Got a pearl mine out here. <laughs> so that's about when Harpending uh, shows up in San Fran. Uh, so uh, they give this whole story where they you know they avoid all these bandits and raging rivers and yep. you know. I'm sure the Apache make an appearance and so finally they strike a deal. Arnold and Slick uh, Slack get uh, six hundred thousand dollars. Jesus fuck! And that was for uh, a quarter of the operation, or actually three quarters. Sorry, uh, Ralston and friends start a corporation and uh, they have stock worth ten million dollars. Fuck. And, uh, of course, they sell it to some of their friends, Horace Greeley and uh, the Baron Von Rothschild. Yep. Uh, they also knew Charles Tiffany and asked for his advice. The he, Tiffany Diamond yeah. fucker? Oh, yeah. he's really into that. He's like, whoa. And he confirmed that they're real diamonds. Yeah, they were. They just weren't from where they no. said they were. And uh, they hired a mining expert, Henry Jannon, to go to the diamond field to check all this out. And I'm hoping he's immediately like, something's fucky here. So if you got $600,000 at the time, you are now you have to fool a diamond expert. You'd think you'd just run away, but... Or, no. yeah. No. Yeah. They they took him to Rollins, Wyoming. Oh, I've been, I've been there. <laughs> yep. And they get some mules, and they go off into Jackalope country. Uh, what they, they just whack him in the fucking well, desert? Well, I was going to say, I would have hired <laughs> one of my Indian buddies to, like, you know, do the, do the maverick. Oh yeah, you just know, show up and be like, oh. Well, have it, yeah, have have your buddies like abscond with you. Is like, oh, they're probably you know. Right. They're gonna and then drop my hands see, off. You yeah. never see me and, again. And, and then yeah. you like move to like fucking France or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like, so they show them around that desert. And what we said, I think Rollins was the guy they named after Rollins because when they're looking for the railroad, like this colonel, he was like happy to be saved by uh, uh, what's his name who who did the railroad, uh, Doc. No, the the real guy, the oh, Union uh, General. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Union General who actually built the railroad. Uh, but anyway, he was saved by them. And he's like, if you're going to name Grant. any. Uh, no. The, the we have a whole guy. series on the Intercontinental Railroad. Yeah, we only did Intercontinental <laughs> Ballistic Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> you're <But>, Continental <laughs> Champion. 
How bored? Yeah. Step into a Slim Jim. Uh, yeah, somebody at the NoFX show was dressed up as uh, Randy Savage. but Outstanding. Yeah. I think you uh, needed medical help at the end of the day, though. Some let, let away by a paramedic. 18th degree oh, sunburn. Great. Probably. Being rubbed down in bacon grease and yep. they said the They had to snap him into a piss test. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they lead him around that desert for six days and said, uh, it's probably around here. Well, you got to get him that nice desert dementia so they mm-hmm. believe all your bullshit. So they get out their shovels and picks, and within minutes, they found uh, a diamond on the ground. That's then, how that fucking works. Then rubies, then emeralds and sapphires and all the Lucky Charms things. Uh, Janin should have known better because there's nowhere in the world that all these things They all live together, together. yeah. But we got to remember. He, didn't, he didn't know that emeralds hate sapphires, and sapphires don't get along with well, rubies. This is a much like when we're talking about the underground caverns full of gold spears and dinosaur bones right, with giants, mummies. Yeah, giant mummies. Giant mummies. And, and, yeah. So, uh, of course, the two cousins, they spend $40,000 of gems to salt around Wyoming. And when they get back, they pay, get paid the remaining 300000 that they're owed. And the world uh, word got out to the investors. Uh, they uh, would pay $200,000 for one share of this new company. Wow. Whoa. And uh, Harpending and Ralston were only selling 20% of their company. So that's a lot of money. Right. I'm kind of blown away that the the like mineral specialist showed up and was like, they just kicked this like already cut diamond out of the fucking dust and was like, yeah, see? Yeah, they ver- and there's an emerald and a ruby. And yeah, like, they, probably, oh, they probably weren't already cut. They were probably still raw. I don't think they'd be I, that yeah, stupid. No, in, actually, in my- some of them were cut, so that's why really? Tiffany should have known better. <laughs> but Well, but I'm pretty sure the mineral guy there like, did like your grandma does to the uh, the waitresses at the fucking casino. Like, yeah, oh, honey, hey, you, darling, you, you dropped, dropped that. A yeah. couple yeah. hundred bucks there. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, the papers fell for it, too. Because, uh, yeah, the papers. The New York Sun like said today. it was in southeast Arizona. One said the diamond was the size of a pigeon's egg. Mm. Uh, it was worth $500,000, too. Mm. Uh, also in the area is a passing geologist doing geology things named Clarence King, who is working for the U.S. government. Oh, oh. hey, I was just over here doing geology stuff. What are you guys doing here, man? We're also mm-hmm. doing geology stuff. Stay oh, the fuck wow. over there. Stay the fuck over there. Yep. That was November 11th, 1872, and he wired heart pending. That was definitely a hoax. Mark. Uh, <laughs> King saw the diamonds had larks of uh, marks of leopardy or uh, rough cuts. Yeah, yeah. Which tef- Tiffany definitely should have figured out. Uh, King said he found holes just poked in the ground and then diamonds put in them. That's <laughs> how so you grow diamond That's plants. right, baby. And we just don't have the water out here yet. Yep. He also finds rubies and crevices of other rocks that have nothing to do with each other. And there would be no place on earth that all this would occur. Just basically a weird rich guy Easter egg hunt, sort of, you know. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. And by the end of the month, everybody knew that they were faked and that the diamonds were low-grade industrial ones from South Africa. And the cousins would spend the next hundred years in jail, right? No, they disappeared without a fucking trace, I'm sure. No, uh, Well, they actually disappear, but with traces and still not prosecuted. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, a lot of times... uh Especially rich people, when they get duped, they don't like to admit that. Yep, and they <laughs> so, don't want to be embarrassed. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, you're right. Yep. You should rip off some rich people. Yeah. So the investors hired detectives to find him. They find Arnold in Kentucky. They put liens on his property. Ooh, living it up in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Arnold was shocked by his rough treatment. He said the uh, $550,000 in his bank was there because of all of his hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard well, the, to be a liar. The, the average <laughs> yearly income in this year is like fucking 80 bucks a year or some yep. shit, you know? Arnold said if somebody had somebody else salted it. Uh-huh. And it must have been after they left. 
he blamed the investors, and he used Tiffany's and Janin's report as proof that they should have known better. And he gets away with it. <laughs> Wham! You've been whammed. You've been whammed. Uh, he becomes a banker. Of course. It's awesome. Yep. But uh, later he was shot in a shootout, and in his weakened state he gets uh, the flu and dies from the flu after a gunshot. The lead flu? Uh, John Slack, he moves to White Oaks in New Mexico and becomes a casket maker, mm. and he died in 1896. <laughs> Just crawled into one of his own creations. and <laughs> Yep, and no diamonds ever been found, but there is a butte in Wyoming called Diamond Peak, if you want to go visit that. No. No. Actually, it's not even a peak, actually, it's kind, a butte. Kind of. Yeah, well, yeah. But buttes out there are pretty fucking robust. That's true. Mm-hmm. Duke, uh, uh, a peak can be a butte, and a butte can be a peak. It is kind of weird, though, yeah. You generally think of a peak as being kind of a pointier affair than one's mm-hmm. likely going to see on Actually, Diamond, Diamond Peak is actually Diamond Dallas Peak. It was named after the WWF guy. Diamond oh. Dallas DDP? Yeah. I actually met that guy when I was doing uh, security guard shit for WCW. Oh, yeah, stuff, you talk so. you talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was more impressed to meet Rick Steiner. Carry on. <laughs> Over two million fishermen own one. Poville's famous pocket fisherman. Compact enough to fit glove compartment or your pocket. It's rod, reel, line, bobber hook, the whole thing. Including caviar bait with fish-catching freeze-dried fish eggs. All you need is a place to fish with Popeil's easy-to-use pocket fisherman. Now with bonus caviar bait pack. Just $19.95. The pocket fisherman available at Walgreens, Goldblatt's, Robert E. Drug, Corvettes, Woolworth, Woolco, Turnstile, and Osco Drug. Uh, you remember Doc Bags? No, but yeah, he's I know the, the Doctor name. of Bags. <laughs> Talking of sacks, he was the King of Kong, Kongs, Kongs, hmm? Kongs, Kongs, King of Kongs. Yep, King of Queens. Uh, so in the early 1880s, you might be walking down the street. Uh, somebody in front of a bank with a trench coat might offer you something that looks like a solid gold brick. Just hey, man, you want this? I vaguely brick. remember this. We talked about this guy, Doc Bags. I, I think, uh, what's his name? Virgil Earp might have worked for him for a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. But Doc was a Denver guy. Oh, we might probably mention him in the Soapy episode, too, because yeah. he kind of runs Soapy out of town, too. But uh, he thought Soapy was small time. He was into bigger stuff. He wanted one big mark, just a one wretch asshole, not thousands of working stiffs. Right. So this uh, gold brick gag, uh, the man with the gold brick was a Mexican who spoke no English. Then a dapper man would you know, step in and help translate. He would say that he needed to sell his gold brick, and the mark said he needed to take it to an assayer's office to make sure it was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, miraculously, because yeah, they were in on it, too. Yeah. And the mark would get the money out of the bank and a loan, uh, which he had credit for. And he was nearly back home in Wichita when he figured out it was just ordinary brick that was Spray painted gold. Oh my Probably God. not spray painted, but painted gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at least picturing like I don't know polished brass or no, something. No, Bo, this is why you don't know this one because we talked about this on the Soapy Smith episode when your internet was fucked up. Oh, and we had uh, what's his name from Oh uh, Chuck. Uh, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, we had Chuck on from fucking stuff you should know podcast. No, oh. uh, that was like episode fucking like fourteen or some yeah, shit. Yeah, not. No, not very far into the project. No, he was like pretty, pretty right, half, half half fake at that time, as opposed to the paragon of motherfucking professionalism <laughs> that we've morphed into. Damn right. 
Don't tell anybody. Oh, no shut different. up and drink your white claw. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Doc Bags is credited with inventing that scheme anyway. But he was one of the West's best conmen. He was born in Soda Bay, New York, in a bay full of soda. Mm. That was in 1843. Then he comes out for the Pikes Peak Gold Rush, and he spends two months there and then goes to work in Denver because that's actual work. But he also loses a finger from a printing press as a kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. He gets a letter instead? Yep. Cool. Uh, L7 <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> So, Doc claims to have been arrested over a thousand times, but never convicted. That is unlikely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever been convicted of a crime? Well... Oh! Convicted? No, no, no. Never well, convicted. also in the 1800s, if you're getting arrested a thousand times, somebody's just going to shoot you mm-hmm. at some point. So, Doc said, uh, I defy the newspapers to put their hands on a single man I ever beat that wasn't fi- uh, financially able to stand it. I am Basically, un- it's okay because I only rip off rich He also people. says, I am emotionally insane. <laughs> Whenever I see anyone looking in a jewelry store, I think about, uh, I would like to get away with the diamonds, and an irresistible desire comes over me to skin them. So he's just ripping off greedy people. Yeah. Sure. But also- He's also a fucking magpie. Ooh, shiny. If anyone I ever met was like, oh, I'm just emotionally insane, be like, cool. I am am locking my door by me. (laughs) Never Uh, talking to you again. Uh, he said he was a good guy. He said, I don't drink, smoke, or chew, or cheat. Poor people. I pay my debts. I just rip off rich people. I, I only mean, drink, I, smoke. I, mean his PR, I, I only drink, smoke, and chew rich people. Yeah, his his uh, PR campaign is actually kind of winning me over at the moment, but... Well, that's all these fucking dickheads. Like, they're always like, I'm the Robin Hood of yeah, yeah. whatever... What town are we in? I'm the Robin Hood of Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he also serves as his own lawyer because he's a con man and can speak well. Dressed to the nines, too. Uh, he gets out of a uh, bu- uh, Bunko charge by uh, ask- asking the court if Bunko steering actually appeared in any of the statutes or a dictionary. Basically, he- yeah, are you using the, is this slang an actual term de art? I don't think it is, sir. Yep, and he gets off on that because it's not in the dictionary. Look, you oh, you're accusing me of Bunkoing. I, 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 no, sir, I've committed mass fraud, but not Bunkoing. Mm-hmm. I've never Bunkoed. So he would be famous for doing like big store scams. So he'd set up fake stores, and people would go in and you know cash their check or whatever. He sets up like Rock Ridge, kind of like, like the Stinger. Yeah, kind of like the Stinger, whatever. Just, but Car- like cardboard like cutouts of yeah, it's a Rock Ridge Costco. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Rock, Rock, Rock Ridge Costco. I fucking love you. <laughs> so later, the coppers would come and find the storefront empty or. Or reset as a regular house with a Chinese housekeeper saying, oh, the woman of the house isn't here. What? And then the cops are like, ah, did, did they put did something they, in my whiskey yep. lunch? Mm-hmm. Dude, it's like that that uh, the COVID testing station that Spooky went to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. What? He, he, like, signed up to get a COVID test, and he, like, went to this place and uh, st- stood in line for fucking ever, and then he got to the person that's supposed to do the, the intake. And he's like, here's my ID and stuff. And he's like, oh, I don't need that. Here, fill this form out. Cool. Fucking, like, all right, swab your nose. All right, bye. And they just, like, kicked him out, and he never got results for it. Yeah, well, and those, that's those people that end up getting arrested eventually. They were doing it all over the place. Yeah, and they yeah, bought, they, like, got, a mansion. they got locked up. It was, like, some fucking gangster shit. I, was, I thought it was, like, a couple of, like, Pakistani immigrants or I don't know, India. But, like, like, I think it was a man and wife team. Yeah, I just know that they got, like, like, 
fucking government funding to run like co- oh, COVID testing gotcha. sites, but they they did they just not do shit. Threw all your gar- shit in the garbage and like never actually. Gave I think your I test actually back. tried to go to that one, and then when I got there, a it was closed, and b I'm like looking in there, it's like this doesn't seem right. Yeah, all. even like, Spooky was like, this seems sketch, but I need this test result to do my work. X Y Z, yeah. So it helped that Doc's Marks were well-known society types who didn't want their names in the papers. In 1882, a rich guy from Las Vegas, New Mexico, uh, mm, he was a Mag- been there. Miguel Otero Sr. went to Denver to see Oscar Wilde on tour. Wow, that must have been a rollicking mm-hmm. good time. So he was walking around Denver. He met a guy who said he was an old acquaintance. Hi, I'm your old friend. It's like, I don't remember you, but <laughs> yeah, I'm a rich guy. Remember that time you so. got kicked in the head by a mule? No, I don't. Anyways, uh, you owe me like $500. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that to somebody one of these days. So he says he has a sure thing at the local policy shop, which was, uh, you know, a state-sanctioned lotto at the time. Oh. So the guy asked Otero if he wanted to come along and see if his ticket had won. (laughs) Once again, what we do for entertainment. People were not very, well, they're not right now. Yeah. Definitely not right then. Well, there's less shit to do back then. Mm -hmm. So the two walked and met another man who knew the other guy knew. Who was also going to the lotto shop and had a foolproof system on winning the lotto. <laughs> I'm going to the lotto shop. I'm going to game the lotto. You buy 27 lottos and you'll win 0.08% of the prize. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the lotto shop was run by a guy missing a finger. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Doc Bags was also oh, missing a finger. Doc Bags. So this guy wins. You got uh, Doc Bags on the eyes. That's mm-hmm. that's all I hear. Doc right? Bags. Doc Bags. So the guy with the system wins $100, and the other guy who didn't have the system didn't. Soap with a prize inside. Uh, I mean, that's a completely different Mm -hmm. guy, but... And he won the next game, too. So the system worked out, but the guy needed more money to keep going. So Miguel, uh, the mark, bought in and said they would split it 50-50. And the man who ran the lotto shop said he needed to prove the credit. So again, Miguel was asked uh, again, and he wrote a check for $2,400. And he was said to come back tomorrow and you can collect all the weddings. And of course, you know, this they is all a state lotto. So it's, gone. Of course. Yep. Uh, the building was locked up the next day. And the man with the missing finger was, of course, dog bags. And he admits to it in the paper the next day. What? <laughs> That's a bold move. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. Didn't he see said, that one coming. He says, I'm a poor man and Otero is rich. I am just I a need poor the money boy. and he can afford to lose it. End of story. I mean, fair. I guess. That's some balls. That is some balls, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, that's... Fuck. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Doc had a banker friend, Pliny Rice. Mm. Good Pliny. He, <laughs> he uh, cashed that check, and of course, uh, Rice would get part of it. Pliny the Rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was true that Otero uh, didn't want to come to court, and, and but his son, Oto- Otoro Jr., did, and he was with his dad on that trip to see Oscar Wilde, and he, you know... So Oturo Jr. stopped payment on the check and recruited a lawman who threatened to arrest bags, and he gets the lawman gets him to turn it over for a fee, of course. Right. And again, Pliny Rice took a cut of that, which was $1,000, but he got the check back, but of course the check was fake. Okay, great. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's the gold bar fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. So they had another meeting, and Pliny assured Otero that the check was real, uh, but this time, Otoro Jr. took no chances and had the cops there. Pliny said he'd sue him for that $1,000 that he owed him for, for getting the check back. Right. But Otoro didn't pay up. But Otoro Jr. became a politician, too, like his dad, and wrote a few books on Western history. But, of course, uh, he kind of leaves out this story of getting ripped off. Right. 
And, uh, Doc, and of course, after this, Doc Bags was nowhere to be found. 1915, a Denver newspaper reported that Doc made off with a score of $100,000, even though he's at, in his 70s at the time. I was going to say, is he a fucking vampire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but by that time, he had already retired to California from, from doing all that. But that's, that's nice. Yep. How the West Was Fucked will be right back. Never before in the history of motion pictures has there been a screen presence so commanding, so powerful, so deadly. He's Conan, the librarian. Can you tell me where I can find a book on astronomy? Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Conan, the librarian. I'm sorry. Books are a little overdue. <laughs> Conan, the librarian. He's back. And this time, he's mad. Gandhi 2. No more Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. This is one bad mother you don't want to mess with. He's a one-man wrecking crew. But he also knows how to party. Give me a stick. Medium rare. There is only one law. His law. Gandhi 2. Snake oil. Got to talk about that. Mm. Um, it might come from early settlers in pilgrim times, seeing natives use oil seeps to treat wounds, mm. put some good petroleum on Oh, we forgot to talk about what, what kind of oil they- What the oil seep? Exactly what it sounds like, seeping oil, duh. Mm-hmm. Out of a tree, out of a person, like out of the ground? Yeah. That's is it is crude oil just like and up kind from of the ground came a bubbling and crude just boiling oil out of the ground. Okay. All right. Texas tea. Swimming pools, movie stars. The Beverly fuel that is. Yep. So it uh, might have been from the Seneca tribe or Seneca oil or if you're a dumb Senex, white the Senex tribe. Yep. Or if you're a dumb white guy you just change it to snake oil. Right. Which is possible. Well, I thought well, it's the Shoshone is the snakes. No, yep. Or it could have came from Chinese laborers actually using healing lotion made from Chinese water snakes. Oh, great. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. A little deer penis here, a little tiger anus there, a little rhino horn, and some whale snake. Oh, dude, I made made some fucking healing solution uh, or serum. Uh, Jägermeister and aspirin? No. Crushed up aspirin? Oh, yeah, that works too. No, and Tears of the Kingdom. Fucking. Oh. Fucking. uh, Adventures Link, baby. I thought it was like. Crushed up Flintstone vitamins and fucking rumplements. Fucking, uh, I forgot to mention like uh, the Yesler ones from previous. Uh, we forgot to tell people what they skid uh, skid road was greased with. Oh, it was dogfish oil that they got from the natives. Mm-hmm. So that must have added to the overall aromatic qualities. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's a, you know King Come Cumley's daughters. They would slather themselves with dogfish. Yeah, and well, what's the famous thing sexy? about dogfish? They excrete urea through their skin. Oh, so that's... So pretty much smell like ammonia and piss. Oh, great. Like, piss oil. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> God. Jesus. But people would sell it until 1906 when the Pure Food and Drug Act was passed, and they 
just called it something else. Yeah. Till what year? 1906. 06. Yeah. yeah. So then you just get vitamins from Alex Jones after right. that. Right. Then, yeah. then they just put like lead and uranium in your yeah. mm-hmm. fucking stuff. Yep. But uh, Clark Stanley, uh, he was one of the famouser guys for the, who would sell it. I don't trust him. He's got two first names. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. He was born in Abilene, Texas in 1854, and he claimed to have studied Hopi medicine for two years in Arizona oh my near God. the Grand he like, Canyon. He was an intern with the Hopi? Yep. He wasn't the first, but he was the best at it. Of course. And uh, that's where we get the term snake oil salesman so from this guy. Then God talked to me through a fucking chicken fried steak and mm-hmm. told me I'm- <laughs> It happened again. <laughs> so Stanley made the product, sold the product, and advertised the product. Ooh, Etsy bespoke it. Mm-hmm. Sold it on Goop. Yep. <laughs> the product. Everyone wants the product. Like Come that. and get the product from yeah. me, the product maker. Also the maker of the jade egg. Shove this up your hoo-ha and fucking... See how you like that? Slather the jade egg in the product. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, in 1897, he made his own 41-page book that was just basically an advertisement for it. But part of it was his it's biography. infomercial? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, God, dude. Bring it out, Judy. What, what we got? <laughs> part of it was lesson plan for would-be cowboys, and the rest were just ads for his, all his products. And it had some of the first cowboy songs in it. I'm a tire, yippee, yippee, I drink my product. Mm-hmm. I'm a tire, product, product, product. Cool, cool. He said his snicker. I don't face the barren waste without the taste of product. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool product. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to make ads for product. Oh, no. Cool, product. Going to the product store and it's just one... One room, nothing in it except for a cube with just kind of glows. Product. No, it's fucking Repo Man, you know. No, it's oh, yeah. the stuff. <laughs> yeah, the stuff. It's the stuff, <laughs> but it's just product. Cool, cool product. product. Slather your big butthole leg in cool, cool product. So he said his snake oil was good for man and beast. Mm. Rub it on your beast. What about Beast Man from, oh. like, from like He-Man? It's double good for him. Beast Man like product. Moss Man. Well, remember Moss Man from back in the day? Yeah, dude. Sheriff Moss Man. Uh, it was a curative for rheumatism, neuralgia, sciatica, lame back. Being lum- a woman. Lumbago, which is also low back pain. Isn't, the dance, isn't that the uh, Latin dance of love, like the mm-hmm. lumbago? Uh, contracted muscles. Which means you bent your you bent your arm or your leg. Those are the muscles that you uh, use. You know that you pay. Uh, you oh. pick you pick them up outside of the fucking oh. Home Depot mm-hmm. and pay them. Uh, Toothache, uh, sprains for your one teeth, mm-hmm. uh, sprains, swellings, and etc. Uh, but wait, there's more. It also well, cures sure frostbites. Oh yes, chill oh, blains, death, chill blains, chill blain, skin sores, chill blain, skill. Yeah. It was skin sores, skill sores. Skin sores. If you like, have uh, Raynaud's. If you get like, you know, when you use a skill saw and cut off one of your fingers, that's a skill yeah. sore. <laughs> Fucking uh, sores. You said from skill the cold. sores and Raynaud's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean anything. And the mom rats out gray. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a sword, little Raynaud's And the scheme booms and the dong bogs. Yeah, I don't know why I'm having Jabberwocky fucking shit on the mind lately, but uh, Raynaud's is when your fingers turn white. When it's cold, okay. One, well, I think. Chill- oh shit! I got him, man. Mm-hmm. I'm already, my hands are all my whole arms white. I think chillblains just like prior to actually getting full on frostbite, you're starting to get some damage from mm-hmm. the cold. 
Oh, uh, it's Barbie's other boyfriend. It's when your cheeks get all rosy when you've been chill. out sledding. No, it's chill chill Blaine. It's like, Blaine's chill, dude. He can come live here. It's fine. Blaine's not chill. He has a fucking minigun and blows out half the goddamn jungle to try to kill the fucking predator. He's, Blaine Cooper is not chill until he, you know, he's a sexual tyrannosaurus. Tyrannus like me. Bunch of slap-jawed G.I. Joe gets around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Also good for bruises, sore throat, and uh, bruised throats. Eczema. And <laughs> bites on animals. I don't know. What? I don't know if you're biting animals. Oh, I use it as a condiment. Oh, okay. <laughs> and finally, it also said Mustard. it's- <laughs> The product. It's finally- Now it's spicy. Yep. It just said it's good for anything a liniment that should be good for. Yeah, liniments has always been kind of a nebulous thing, too. It's like, here, put some grease on that. Yeah, but it's a bloody- Open burned wound. Yeah, just throw this Vaseline on it. It's a mm. liniment. Bruise, the product. <laughs> Laceration, the product. the product. Heart attack, the product. Yeah, fucking, like I said, female hysteria, the product. The product. Impotence, the product. Uh, of course, there's always a plant in the crowd. Would you have to eat the product to, to fix uh, impotence, or would you have to, like, rub it on... I would say you have to like cram it up the pee hole oh, with with yeah. uh, with a uh, like you got to go get the uh, ramrod from the old uh, the old fucking blunderbuss and just just get, really get it in there when it when it clicks against the uh, I don't want to be horny leave me alone it clicks against your kidney stones no, you'll know it's good no, no it's fine I don't need it just cut it off and of course you know the plant in the crowd to always be miraculously cured. And Stanley would. It's, uh, it's televangelists like laying hand. Oh, literally, yeah. Oh. Who was the guy that they crossing over with John? Whoever. Well, who's the guy that like push like Benny Hinn? Is it like he like does the force push on people basically? And somebody like animated it because he'll like go up to the, like people and he does a thing and they like fall over but then they get better. Yeah. And somebody like animated like him with a lightsaber just running around his megachurch like wah, wah, and like all these people <laughs> falling down. It's fucking awesome. Fuck yeah. He'd also handle snakes too. Well, of course, where you got to get them, you got to milk the oil mm-hmm. out of them. He was careful. Talking about the seamstresses union again? No, milk, about milking them. the oil out of snakes. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's milking the milk out of snakes. Oh yeah, okay. There's the a milk, difference. Milking the milking the paste? No, not paste. Uh, shampoo out of snakes. There we go. Oh god, have you got shampoo in your pee hole? Uh, why? It is the most painful thing okay. that's ever happened to me. Are you trying to make sure your pe- from pubes my, are all silky smooth? And aside from shingles in my shoulder, my uh, fucking uh, collarbone break. I say your your shingles was pretty abrupt. Yeah, uh, he was careful not to get bit, but his snake oil would cure the snake bite. But right, still. but he doesn't want to use his own supply. You know? Yep, and he would chop off the head of the snake and show the crowd how it tried to bite him after it was decapitated. See that yeah, fucker they do tried that. to bite me after I cut its head off. They they do that. I had that. Well, I've talked before on the show about that copperhead that we killed with a shovel mm-hmm. that and I wrapped around the grill garden and I had to get fake evac'd with that thing. It had just been biting itself and just had venom seeping out of its own wounds right in my crotch. But his mouth was propped over with a stick, so that was safe. Solid. But he sold it until 1917 when the federal government finally cracked down on him. Uh, they ran a test on his snake oil, which was... Hey, mo- there's no snake in this. This is all iguana oil. <laughs> exactly. It was mostly mineral oil, 1% fatty beef oil, <laughs> red pepper, turpentine, camphor, and the feds won their case, and he was fined $20. You know one? <laughs> <laughs> How much money did you make off all this shit? Lots. Lots. But that's God, where damn. we get the term snake oil. That's just, damn, actually, d- the, what you just described, though, would not be a bad thing to, like, you know, treat your canvas cloth with to make it somewhat water-resistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, then it'll also have that nice burning 
with the cayenne pepper in there. Yeah, if you lick your tent. You can have a, pon- well, I was picturing more like a poncho that gives you an instant rash around your neck and, and, you know, any exposed skin that touches it. Hell yeah. Uh, Leela Irish was also uh, in Cave Creek, Arizona. She uh, bought a worthless gold mine, but it had plenty of clay. That's why my parents used to call me. You worthless yeah. gold mine. <laughs> so Miss Irish just mixed the clay with water and sold it as an elixir. That's she, like a kid making mud pies. Drink this dirt. <laughs> Make your better. It was called uh, Apache, a perfect mineral drink. Even though she didn't know exactly what it cured, but you know, it's not having constipation. Actually, it's going to definitely give you probably kidney stones, probably a little say, degree like of constipation. Makes pancakes, yo. But it did cure one thing: your financial stability. That too, dysentery caused by you know. It would, you know Shits in the water. Well, I suppose you know clay. Clay is absorbent. Exactly. Uh, that say, that high, does make some sense. High in fiber, like you'll be actually laying rope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> two ropey poops. Cable. Today. And it turned out to be an old remedy, you know, used by Native Americans. And Miss Irish made a fortune by selling clay and curing your shits. I mean, that's not that bad. I don't think. She accidentally did something nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, there was Joseph Yellow Kid Wheel. He earned more than eight million dollars in his lifetime. He was selling Doc Merriweather's elixir, but it's nothing but pure ra- rainwater. And this story. So it's be- literally uh, like the. Uh, talking the, rain? I was going to say talking rain, but no, the. Uh, oh, like Fiji Fiji water, those, the Resnicks. It's, oh, it's, those it's, fuckers, it's, it's yeah. fucking Resnicks. But uh, his story became the basis of the movie The Sting. I don't know how. Okay. Uh, but everybody's favorite Chinese man. Was Mickey Rooney right? Oh God! Well, actually, didn't he play Japanese guy? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Fucking racist, <laughs> man! Both of you guys. It's it's one thing we liked the movie Breakfast. Oh, at fuck Tiffany's. off! If you start singing that shit, I'm gonna hit you. That's a terrible goddamn song. <laughs> but at a low point, That's why I'm picking at karaoke every time? <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah, I forgot you do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you at least do a death metal version of it though? No. no, I do a country version. Oh, that's better. I also do a country, country version of I do a country version of uh, "End of the Road" by Boys to Men, yep. and a country version. We belong of, together. We belong together, and you know that I'm right. Um, and a country version of uh, what was that other one? Oh, uh, sh- Champagne Supernova. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at a low point in his career, around 1950, he toured the South with a had a coal Goodwill Caravan. Selling the Hedicol uh, supplement, and like from a polyphonic spree or like yeah, and from a box top, from a bottle, you could go go to the show, but the government finally shut him down. But it was also owned by a Louisiana state senator. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The vitamin supplement was twenty six percent helpful, but not much more than that. I don't know why I wrote that. Maybe I twenty six percent helpful. What was in the shit? <laughs> but it's probably twenty percent. I, I, I think I left out a word or something, but. Mickey Rooney made it back to the bright lights with his Rainier beer commercials in the summer. Yep. So. Whoa, Mickey Rooney's in Rainier commercials? Yep. Wearing, I didn't know wearing that. a pith helmet. I've never fucking seen that. I, yeah. I found it when, uh, what was I, uh, I was talking about it. The, oh, I think I was talking to Will in the car last time I was over here or something. I don't know, I went on a rabbit hole with all the Rainier commercials, which is why I keep on forget, uh, correcting you poltroons when you call them Mountain Rainier. They're Mountain Fresh Rainiers, not, you know. Because they yet to be harvested with well, their heads they're, screwed they're, off. They're MFRs, mm. but for short, in the in the lingo of the biz. MFRs. Mother fuckers. Motherfuckers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Is that enough for right now and we can continue? Are we, We've got how much more? We got more, right? 
Yeah, he's got like maybe one or two. Depending on how oh, cool! We got we're we're coming back next well, time. Next time, what we'll do is we'll pepper in. We'll make one up from scratch, and the listeners have to decide which one is our grift. Oh, Ooh, that's I like a good that. One. That's good. That's good. That's some good homework project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna make mosquito bites fucking real. No. Uh, we're gonna come back. We've got more vignettes of the cr- crooks. They're fucking crooks. Crooks Four of the Wild flushers. West. Yes, crooks of the Wild West. Uh, we're gonna and not not George Crook. Not George Crook. No, fuck no. The real <laughs> actual crooks of the Wild West, and we're gonna come well, back with those. It could be argued that George Crook was the actual crook. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> he was one of them. <laughs> Uh, but until then, we're going to go on a hail. Oh, uh, Rainier beer diarrhea fire. Fuck you, Mile City. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. Mountain fresh and That's my favorite beer.